This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, August 10th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Downey. Here's today's headlines. Voters back farm tax breaks. NIH challenged on glyphosate. ABC pink slime settlement. And climate report warns. The eyes of U.S. agriculture are on USDA today for the release of the critical August crop production report, which provides the first forecast of production and yields based on field surveys of corn, soybeans, and other fall harvested crops. Traders expect the USDA to lower its estimated corn yield to about 166 bushels an acre. USDA also is expected to trim its estimated carry from this year's crop to about 2 billion bushels, although analyst Steve Gregory of Allendale notes it would still be a massive pile of grain by historical standards. Voters back farm-friendly tax reform. A poll for the American Farm Bureau Federation shows strong public support regardless of political affiliation for tax benefits important to agriculture. The morning consult survey conducted last month found that 74% of registered voters surveyed support allowing farmers to deduct the interest they pay on business loans. Lawmakers are considering ending the business interest deduction for all but small businesses and farmers. Some 62% of those polled, including equal percentages of Democrats and Republicans, say farmers deserve special tax considerations because they face different sets of financial challenges and risks than other businesses. The survey also found that 64% of registered voters support repealing the estate tax. Nearly half of Democrats, 48%, say the estate tax is a bad idea. By plurality of voters, 49% say farmers shouldn't have to pay taxes when they sell farmland as long as the money is used to buy other acreage, transactions known as 1031 exchanges. 32% of voters think farmers should have to pay taxes on such sales. Here's the bottom line. One obviously has to be cautious about drawing too much from a poll on an issue as complicated as tax policy, but it's clear that voters, regardless of party, still view farmers in a different way than other business sectors and especially deserving of tax benefits. NIH questions on glyphosate. The chairman of the House Government Oversight and Reform Committee wants answers from the National Institutes of Health about reports that the International Agency for Research on Cancer didn't have all the relevant evidence before finding that glyphosate probably causes cancer in humans. Representative Trey Gowdy, a Republican of South Carolina, chair of the House Government Oversight and Reform Committee, has written the NIH asking why the National Cancer Institute has yet to publish results of a study conducted as a part of a large-scale agriculture health study. NCI epidemiologist Aaron Blair said at a deposition as a part of a lawsuit against Monsanto that consideration of the AHS data might have lowered the risk estimate for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in the IARC report, which was released in 2015. But Blair also said that because the data was not published in a peer-reviewed journal, the IARC could not consider it, just as it couldn't consider other data that showed an association between non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and glyphosate exposure. Gowdy is giving the NIH until August 22nd to respond. Pink Slime Settlement. South Dakota beef processor BPI is apparently getting $177 million from ABC News under a settlement of BPI's lawsuit. 
Walt Disney Company, the parent company of ABC, disclosed in its quarterly report that it had paid that amount in connection with the settlement of litigation. The report doesn't specify that the payment is to BPI, but the Sioux Falls Argus leader says Disney's annual report reported only one outstanding legal case, and that was BPI's lawsuit against ABC over its reporting on BPI's lean beef product, which a USDA scientist infamously dubbed pink slime. BPI's owner said at the time of the settlement that the money would provide a strong foundation on which to grow the business. Climate Report warns on drought. More frequent, longer agriculture droughts can be expected because of climate change. That's according to a federal report that could be released this fall. USDA and other federal agencies involved in the report's preparation still have to sign off on it. The report says future higher temperatures will very likely lead to greater frequencies and magnitudes of agriculture droughts throughout the continental U.S., as the resulting increases in evapotranspiration outpace projected precipitation increases. The report was posted online earlier this year, but didn't receive widespread attention until the New York Times reported on it this week. The findings are in line with what earlier reports have projected as far as the impact of climate change on agriculture. Warmer temperatures would extend the growing season and could allow for the diversification of cropping systems or allow multiple harvests within a growing season, also according to the report. But longer growing seasons also can limit the types of crops that can be grown, as well as increase weed pressure and demand for irrigation. Bee Demonstration Project Launched A coalition of industry and research groups and government agencies is setting up a project in North Dakota to demonstrate best management practices for maintaining the health of honeybee populations. The project pairs beekeepers and farmers to show how to implement the management practices, which include pesticide usage and establishment of pollinator forage. The project is a groundbreaking, real-world demonstration of how best management practices can help address the numerous challenges honeybees face. That, according to Julie Shapiro, Senior Policy Director at the Keystone Policy Center, which manages the Honey Bee Health Coalition. USTR starts Africa Trade Summit with Textile Incentive. U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer is telling African leaders that the U.S. wants to compete for new trade opportunities on their continent. Lighthizer opened the African Growth and Opportunity Act, AGOA, forum yesterday by announcing that he has signed paperwork to allow the country of Congo to export textiles to the U.S., Lighthizer noted that some AGOA countries have agreed to trade deals with major developed economies that compete with the U.S. He called on the AGOA countries to work toward greater reciprocity to ensure that sustained political support for our trade relationships goes forward. Here's today's He Said It. They tell their members they're doing it to cut SNAP, but really they're doing it to get rid of the Farm Bill. That's Representative Colin Peterson, the ranking Democrat of the House Agriculture Committee, telling the International Sweetener Symposium what he says is a conservative group's real motivation for targeting food stamps. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, August 10th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod Watkins Southern Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.